All the Young Dudes, a Harry Potter fan fiction written by Ms. King Bean 89. Before we begin, please help this channel grow by liking this video and dropping a comment letting me know your thoughts on this chapter below. If you'd like to support my work in a monetary way, consider checking out my Patreon. There, you can get early access to my content, listen to books that I can't post here, or even suggest a book for me to read next. The link is down below in the description. Thanks, and happy listening. Chapter 34 Second Year 13 Saturday the 10th of March, 1973 The Marauders could not have been happier to discover that Remus's birthday occurred on a Saturday that year. This, in their opinion, opened up the day to all sorts of excitement that would simply not be possible on a weekday. As the day approached, Remus tried to ignore their teasing and heavy-handed hints about what lay in store. He didn't mind what they did. He trusted them well enough. They could be relied upon to make a fool of themselves, but they had so far never made him the butt of the joke. James had been receiving strange lumpy packages bound up in brown paper for the past week, and Remus's only hope was that they weren't presents for him. He'd never be able to return the favor. Remus thought a lot about being 13, specifically being a 13-year-old wizard with a furry little problem. The discovery of the Ravenclaw trophy cabinet had done some very strange things to Remus's internal dialogue. He'd always thought he had a pretty good idea of who he was. A care-home kid, poor, a bit weedy, angry, bad, scarred, thick when it came to school stuff, but clever enough when it counted. Coming to Hogwarts had wrought some changes, of course. Maybe he wasn't that thick, even if he was still sure of everything else. His father had been really clever. He was in Ravenclaw, after all. The Sorting Hat had considered Remus for Ravenclaw, too, but changed its mind. That hadn't meant a great deal to him at the time, but now he wondered and wondered about it. What if he'd been sorted into Ravenclaw? Would he know more, now about his father? About who he was? What if his father had not killed himself? What if he had never been bitten at all? What if was a dangerous game? As he fell asleep on the night before his birthday, Remus slipped into a dream he had not had in a very long time. He is lying in a bed in a small, pale blue room. It is summer and the sash window is wide open, curtains billowing. The window is huge, big enough for a grown man to get through. Remus is very small and very frightened. There is someone in the room with him, and they are going to hurt him. It's a monster. His mother promised they weren't real, but oh, oh, she's a liar, a horrid liar, because there is a monster, and it's crossing the room now. It's coming towards him and it will eat him up. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? He scrunches his eyes shut and ducks under the covers and trembles and sobs. Then, then there is nothing, nothing solid, nothing real. He is in pain. There is so much blood and so many tears and an awful lot of noise. He just wants to sleep. Another man looms over him, tall and slender and worried. Daddy! Lumos Maxima! Remus started awake with a jolt, nearly crying out. The dorm room had filled with bright, unnatural light. It sliced through his bed curtains, making him squint. He just had time to wipe the tears from his cheeks before Sirius and James ripped back the heavy drapes, chanting, Happy birthday, Lupin! It's still dark out, you pricks. He squinted rubbing his eyes and sitting up. He tried to will his heart to stop pounding so hard. It is precisely one minute past midnight, Sirius said, and therefore officially your thirteenth birthday. 
Where's Pete? Remus climbed out of bed, stepping into the room. They had decorated it haphazardly with streamers, which he was sure usually decked out the Quidditch pitch on match days, and strings of fairy lights left over from Christmas. On a mission, James said, eyes twinkling. Come on, up and dressed. Where are we going? Nowhere, Sirius replied breezily. But you'll want to be properly attired for when your guests arrive. My guests? Of course, Sirius grinned. We tried to keep it marauders only, but so many people wanted to celebrate with you, see? Remus couldn't tell if Sirius was being sarcastic, so he chose not to respond, instead pulling on a pair of jeans and a long-sleeved t-shirt that looked clean enough. By the time he had dressed, there was a sharp rap at the door. Come in, James boomed cheerfully. Sirius saw Remus's wince and explained, It's okay, we put a silencing spell on the room. Remus frowned. So, whoever's on the other side of that door can't actually hear us. James clapped his hand to his forehead. We are complete idiots. He groaned at Sirius, pulling open the door. Peter stood outside, looking very pleased and very pink, surrounded by Lily, Marlene, and Mary. Remus gaped as they entered the room, all smiling widely and clearly thrilled that they had surprised him. They were all clutching cards and small packages, too. I didn't think girls were allowed in here. The lovely Mary tested it for us last week. Nothing bad seems to happen, James explained. One day you'll all read Hogwarts, a history, and I can finally rest. Sirius sighed, shaking his head tragically. James had begun pulling out packages from under his bed, ripping them open. It seemed they had raided honeydukes again. Mountains of sweets were unearthed. Birdie bots every flavor beans, chocolate frogs, Fizzing Whizbees, Drubal's Best Blowing Gum, Sherbet Lemons, Cauldron Cakes, not to mention the haul Peter had brought up from the kitchen, Ham Sandwiches, Egg Mayonnaise, Coronation Chicken, Cheese and Pickle, Packets of Remus's Favorite Flavor Crisps, Salt and Vinegar, Scotch Eggs, Sausage Rolls, Pork Pies, Cheese and Pineapple Sticks, plus some perfunctory fruit. Sirius, meanwhile, was laying blankets over the floorboards and scattering a few plush velvet cushions. Lupin, he said with a wide smile, welcome to your midnight feast. Happy birthday, Remus, the girls chanted as one. They all sat down together, and Sirius settled a record onto his player. He'd eventually opened his gifts from Andromeda. As requested, he received two Bowie albums, Hunky Dory and The Man Who Sold the World. Sit next to me, Sirius, Mary said quickly, earning a reproachful look from Marlene. Sirius shrugged and acquiesced but leaned over to hand Remus a package. Open this first. It was long and cylindrical, very light and badly wrapped. You didn't have to get me anything, Remus mumbled, untwisting the ends. A poster? Lily furrowed her brow, watching as Remus unfurled the thick, glossy paper. It was a huge A2 print of David Bowie in black and white, wearing a spangly silver costume and giving a slightly jerky high kick. I got Andromeda to send it to me at Christmas. Sirius grinned, unable to contain himself, but I enchanted it to move myself. Wow, Remus smiled back sincerely. Thanks, it's amazing. The girls had all got him packets of sweets and cakes, and Lily gave him a book on potions. He looked at her skeptically and she grinned. Can't keep giving Severus a reason to lord it over you. Please do not mention Snivellus's name on this most sacred occasion, James said with mock horror. 
Lily rolled her eyes and returned to her jam tart, conspicuously ignoring him. James seemed hardly to notice, just cleared his throat and looked at Remus, his dark eyes full of wickedness. My present is coming later, once we've all stuffed ourselves to bursting. Oh, Merlin Potter, Marlene giggled. What have you got planned? He would not tell. Remus had to admit that he was enjoying himself. He had hoped that James and Sirius would respect his wishes and keep the celebrations to marauders only. But inviting the girls wasn't too bad. He knew them all quite well now, and actually quite enjoyed their company. Mary could give Sirius a run for his money when it came to barefaced cheek. And, as Remus had predicted, Marlene's impressions of the faculty members had the marauders in stitches. Peter even had to go and change his shirt after snorting pumpkin juice down himself. Starting to see why Remus has been abandoning us for you lot, James said at about 1.30, wiping tears of laughter from the corners of his eyes. Yeah, you're not bad for girls, Sirius winked at Mary, who scoffed and gave him a playful shove. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with me wanting to get my homework done, Remus replied dryly, wondering if he could manage another chocolate frog. Oh, how times have changed, Sirius said haughtily. You'll all be laughing on the other sides of your faces when Remus beats you all in our exams, Lily quipped. Pa! James got up, stretching elaborately as if about to perform some great feat. Exams! We marauders have higher concerns. My dear Mr. Black, Mr. Pettigrew, he made a sweeping gesture towards the dorm window. Shall we? By George! Sirius stood abruptly. Is it time? James closed his eyes solemnly and nodded. Indeed it is. Then make haste, Peter cried, standing up too. The girls shot nervous glances at each other and then Remus, who could only shrug to show them he had no idea. Sirius, Peter, and James went to the window, flinging it open. They were fidgeting from excitement, lack of sleep and too much sugar, and kept snickering like naughty children. Come on, Peter beckoned the others hurriedly. You'll want to see. James had produced a collection of bright red objects which looked like a cross between space rockets and stick of dynamite. His arms were full, and so were Sirius's. Are those? Marlene scrunched up her nose. Not Dr. Filibusters? James just gave a maniacal smile. Oh no, Lily said. We're not supposed to. You'll wake up the whole castle. Get lost if you don't like it, Evans, Sirius snapped, handing a few rockets to Peter. You promised not to spoil anything. Remus, Lily turned to him. Tell them, they'll listen to you. No, they won't, Remus replied. Anyway, I want to see. I've never seen wizard fireworks. You're in for a treat, Sirius winked. How many do you need? Mary stared, sounding impressed. Thirteen, obviously. You're all going to get in so much trouble. Oh, stop being such a goody-goody, Lil. Marlene threw her arm around the redhead. We won't let any of you girls get in trouble. James said sincerely, his glasses slipping down his nose as he struggled to keep control of his cargo. Don't worry. I'm not worried. Lily folded her arms defiantly. I just think you're all being, oops, bang, Peter. They all leaned out of the window to see the rocket Peter had dropped tumbling down towards the ground in a torrent of green and gold sparks. Sorry, Peter looked sheepish. Sirius laughed. No, great work. Now we've started, we may as well continue, eh? and he began to hurl his own fireworks out of the window, clear into the night air. James and Peter quickly followed suit, and soon enough even Lily had forgotten to be annoyed as they all stared in awe at the spectacular display lighting up the starry sky.
The fireworks went on much longer than muggle ones, some bursting ten or twelve times before fizzling out. They changed colors from red to green to purple to orange, twisting and curling in various shapes, eventually spelling out, Happy 13th Birthday, Remu. Sirius sighed, irritated at that. Knew it was too many letters. As well as the dazzling light display, the fireworks were satisfactorily noisy, so much so that Remus could already hear the other Gryffindors in the tower opening their windows to see whether the castle was under attack. He was sure he heard whoever was in the room above theirs mutter, Them bloody marauders are at it again. Inevitably, someone began hammering at their door, and McGonagall's shrill voice could be heard on the other side. Potter! Black! Don't think I don't know you're behind this! Open this door! Oh shit, James grimaced. Better get under the beds, ladies. Once they had all been thoroughly reprimanded, promised two months of detention and letters home to all of their parents, McGonagall, who was a sight to behold in her red tartan nightie, left them, and Marlene, Lily, and Mary reluctantly returned to their own dormitory. It was two o'clock in the morning by then, and the boys decided it was finally time for bed. Happy birthday, Remus, Peter called out, followed by a loud yawn. Remus smiled to himself in the dark, his cheeks almost aching. Yeah, Sirius yawned back. Happy birthday, Remu.